Did we talk about the fact that Pesci's outfit looks like he's auditioning no. to be a member of Dio's harem? Yeah. No, he's got hearts and everything. Yeah, that's all yeah. that I wanted to say. I mean, got... I could have said it a lot earlier, but I guess now that he's radiating more Dio type energy, I yeah, it makes I'm more sense. More inclined. He's gone from Nukasaku to <laughs> Vanilla you know, Ice. Vanilla Ice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like a self help book. Like how yeah. to get yourself from Nukasaku to Vanilla Ice in sixty days. Yeah. <laughs> He really wants to take orders from a blonde dom. Yeah, so exactly. Don't we all? Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. I'm Darius Kazemi. And I'm Courtney Stanton. And today we're going to talk about how many pieces you can cut yourself into and still live. medically yeah. before you die. Do you want me to answer that now or when we get to it in the plot? Answer it now. I want to know. Probably not that many. Like for normal, so this is the thing though. It we're depends dealing- how big the pieces are, and also where the pieces are. Like yeah. if you cut off each individual hair, and that was a piece. No, like um, if you cut off each individual finger joint, and that was a piece. That's a lot of pieces. Yeah, and you, you know, you'd be fine probably. Or like I'm not sli- fine. Or if you like slice you them up real thin, you wouldn't die. You wouldn't yeah. die. Yeah. The thing with we're dealing with stand users, and we've already established that stand users have more blood than normal people. So like. In terms of like measuring, you know, like blood volume loss at, at what point you're you're going to die, it's tougher because he has a lot more blood than we do. Also, because his zippers, yeah, he's not like actually staunch bleeding. blood instantly. Yeah, right. So it's more just separate, like a like he, one yeah, of those like ziplocky sealy. Things. Yeah, he's separated, but like he's still connected. Like he's his heart is still. Pumping like, blood somehow. Pumping blood somehow. Yeah, it's, it's just like he's a, further away from him. It's like a him. spooky motion at a distance sort of yeah. situation. So yeah, he. Um, yeah, so Bruno, well, let's, we'll get there. We'll get um, there, we'll get there. So first, Bruno jumps out of a train with prosciutto, <laughs> and I was confused at what, because something, some sort of organic mass hits a telephone pole as they fly by, hereditary style, and explodes. I'm never going to be able to forget that movie, so now you can't either. I have a question. In hereditary, which I'm never going to watch, because yeah. I left- Head uh, trauma. I, I left s- midsummer crying and shaking yeah. in the middle. Yeah. No, and I don't need people being like, this movie's amazing and it's not even scary. I'm like, <laughs> I know, right? what's wrong with you? People are so fucking brain poisoned from watching Saw. I know, yeah. They're like, what? I don't get it. Don't you love watching faces get smashed off of heads? I'm like, no. no. Yeah. Like, I need you to tell me that that's going to happen. Nope. No. Nope. I'm going to have a problem. So I was like, what hit that phone pole? Was it the was it the train driver? Did he get thrown out? Because I just assumed that guy's gone. Um, but we think it was Prosciutto's arm. I think it was his arm or his hand or something went flying. Yeah, because it's real fucked up by the end. So that might be. It's like missing-ish. Yeah. So yeah, but so, so if you, you know, whatever your thoughts are, please write in. I didn't rewind. <laughs> I was like, wait, what was that? And then we just kept watching. There's no way to know. Yeah. Maybe there's a version of this we can look at that is more of like a series of frozen frames never heard of that it. could be analyzed i don't know what that what okay. that could refer right. to pesci <laughs> has a praise kink obviously yeah, for sure. very obviously all he's trying to do is to get prosciutto to approve of him mm-hmm. it's probably not going to work out for him the rest of this episode is basically in my mind an examination of gay despair yes i'm really glad we're finally getting on the gay despair train so to speak <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. what yeah. day are we on four it's no, still day three <laughs> what yep Okay, so because <laughs> uh, they get on this train at like two or three p.m. Yeah, they, four like p.m. Yeah, Some yeah, you're time. right. It's like, yeah. And then because this, this morning was when they got the key, yeah. and this is like a three and a half hour train. But they stop partway through, and Bruno, when Bruno gets out of the train at the end, it's like golden hour, right. like the sun is setting. Yeah, so they spend a couple hours on this uh, train. So 
Yeah, so now we're on Pesci's gay revenge uh, yeah. rampage. Yep. Which makes way more sense now that I know that they're lovers and not brothers. Because who would you kill if your brother died? I don't have a no brother. One. No one. <laughs> I do who have would, a brother. I, I would... It just would have a different vibe from a gay revenge motivated. That's yeah, right. Whereas for this sure. is a murder spree. Very clearly gay revenge. Yeah. Gay weeping and then gay revenge. Yeah, he has he even has the gay revenge aura around him. Okay, like actually like this the blue that, flame. This reminds me, Court made me watch Troy for the first time this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Speaking of pretending that a familial relation is going to send you into a gay His cousin. revenge. His cousin. Cousin, everyone's constantly talking about cousins in that movie, and it is yep. so fucking funny. That's the only familiar relation that exists. I really like, I have a friend who is a classics major, mm-hmm. and we would all hang out and be like, hey, Ariel, come over and watch Troy again. Because <laughs> <laughs> she'd just go off. <laughs> that's what Court and I were doing, basically. Yeah. No, it's great. And that's not even like the only ancient Greece, they're not gay movie that got made at that time. I know. Well, I've seen Alexander a couple of times. I've never seen Alexander. But Alexander, they are gay. Okay. But it's really fucking funny because, I mean, you know that What's-His-Face plays Alexander. Colin Farrell. Right. And fucking Jared Leto plays Hephaestion. Yeah, yeah. And they just keep adding more and more eye makeup and dreads to him (laughs) in every shot. And it's just like, the. I mean, I think... Troy is worse than Alexander because it makes it so heterosexual. But like in terms of taking iconic historical gay couples and turning them into travesties, Troy does it worse. So Prosciutto gets saved at the very last second when they jump out that train by Pesci. Right. And Prosciutto praises Pesci for his quick thinking. Good boy. And and Pesci feels great about Um, that. But then Bruno manages to like unzip prosciutto's hand that has the fish hook in it and transfer it to himself and prosciutto uh falls to the the train tracks <laughs> does not go well for prosciutto and so is this when he gets caught in the side yeah. of the train yeah. yeah yeah he's caught under the wheels so yeah for a minute it looks like prosciutto's dead but then it turns out he's not dead he's just almost dead completely and like broken and his dying. broken body is hanging on but he still has his standout, which, of course, Pesci notes later on. He's like, oh, you you said that you wouldn't retract it no matter what. And you, it's true. You're yeah. almost dead and you still have your standout. Yeah. And so then he's like, you know, reeling in Bruno and uh, trying to move the fish hook closer to his heart. I'm glad. I'm so glad we have yet another stand user who does like Sesame Street count <laughs> counting. Yeah. Eight centimeters. Uh, seven uh, centimeters. Uh, yeah. It's like, okay. Okay. Fine. Like, yes, countdowns do add tension, but Jesus. Bruno frees himself? How? he? This is when he does mm. the super unzip. Because it's like, at first, when at the top of the train, like, he's trying to unzip himself from Beach Boy, and it doesn't work, because Beach Boy apparently, like, can sense what he's doing. Yeah, I'm he telling can you, there's feel, a lot can, of information coming through that yeah, line. Yeah, he can feel his heartbeat and stuff through the line, and he... Pesci tries to send Bruno up into the um, power lines right. uh, and then Bruno like opens up the top of the train like at sort of a tin can and uses right. that to sort of get in drops yeah. into the train. Right. And at some point he catches himself on a screw, which yeah. I maintain is the least realistic physics in this entire series so far. I think that's, is that Prosciutto who does that? No, no it's, it's, no, it's Bruno. Bruno. So at this point Bruno's in a train car and he's trying to hide from Beach Boy and so he like unzips all of himself. So he's yes. just... In yeah, he's like chunks, 10 or 15 different so pieces. Bucciolati. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's en- it's like dispersed enough that apparently Beach Boy can't find him. And so 
And then he even has to stop his own heart by like unzipping it in half. Which Although he karate chops it. Which you would think wouldn't stop it because it would still be connected. And just beating in pieces. You yeah. would think that. Um, but the karate chopping for me, I think that people can just use their stand with a karate chop. I think that we've seen that happen before. Because sure. like Josuke heals by punching. Yeah, that's true. This whole scene reminds me a lot of Jotaro versus Dio where Jotaro uses Star Platinum to hold his heart so his heart stops beating because Dio's trying to like determine if he's alive or dead. This just reminds me of yep. that. He's lying on the floor and trying to make his heart quiet, basically. And it works. And he can basically, depending on... I can't tell, because they, they draw his heart, but they don't draw his lungs. So I don't know <laughs> if he's breathing or not. He has to stop his breathing, too, because presumably Pesci could hear that. So basically, if you if you stop breathing and your heart stops at the same time, you've got like four minutes... Before brain damage sets Before you start, you start suffering brain damage. So, you know, he's fine. <laughs> I'm so yeah, glad mean, you've got this medical training now. It's so <laughs> it's important really for this helpful. podcast. Now, if if it was that, like, this is why, like, drowning is so dangerous is because if you've been, like, struggling to breathe and haven't been breathing and then your heart stops, then you've got, like, half that time because there's no oxygen in your blood anymore. Right. Yeah, um, just cardiac arrest. You've got almost a full five minutes. But then, <laughs> so Bruno does, like, lose Pesci, but then Bruno is having trouble putting himself back together. And, like, number six is there We've trying there. to put his pieces back together. But he has but no strength. He has no yeah. strength. He can only move bullet-sized He's things. small. Yeah. Obviously, he does manage to get himself back together because well, Pesci stops the train. Right. Oh, we also never talked about, like, Mista actually, like, surviving for real like we talk about how he doesn't die but like i just want to give a shout out to number five for saving yeah. for saving mista's life yeah. like and mista yeah. acknowledges it i also want to point out that mista's relationship to number five is a little bit like prosciutto's relationship to pesci mm-hmm. so there's that except and, and that they're not except banging each yeah other. except they're not banging and also like mista's like less abusive and yes. like not abusive at all yes. yeah Mr. Mr. is not abusive. Number uh, yeah, yeah, three. Yes. One of Mr.'s yeah. parts is abusive, but... but <laughs> Well, but also, like, Mr. So num- the deal with number five, like, the the reason, the presumed reason why it's always crying right. is because it's actually number, number four. Number four, yeah. But, like, again, in the last episode when number five saves Mr., there's always like, oh, so lucky. Like, you're so lucky that I happen to be there or whatever, which, yep. yeah. Cute. It's always playing with the, the number four is actually lucky for Mr., not unlucky. Oh, we get a good palette swap at the end. So yeah, Yeah. basically, Pesci stops the train so he can try and rescue or at least be with uh, Prosciutto before he dies. Right. And the momentum from the train stopping is what makes Bruno's body parts get close enough that he can put himself back together. Um, But so yeah, so Bruno like just walks out of the train like, hey... <laughs> I'm here. I'm, I'm fine. here. Let's fight. And so there's like a showdown. And oh, you. I like your thing about the rebirth. Oh yeah. Sure. So it's like very obviously like a rebirth thing because it's like the parting and he a comes nice, out. A nice yonic. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, hole appears in the side of the train. And then it's like it's it's like the most beautiful sunset. So it's just all golden and and windy. Um, <laughs> that's where they get the another sort of like cowboy showdown thing between Pesci and Bruno. And now Pesci's like serious Pesci. He even, Pesci kills a dude by like taking a completely inert old man and stepping on his neck. Yeah. And he's like, that was fine. That was the first time I ever killed someone. And you know what? It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So this is I like leveled up. Pesci. I, oh, remember, yeah. I remember him from the manga and like really liking the sort of dynamic of like of, of him powering up now that Prosciutto's dead. Right. So Pesci has the turtle and he pulls Trish out of the turtle and he's like, you can keep Trish. 
I'm going to murder all the rest of your crew in front of you. And uh, so you know the gay despair that I know. Yeah, That's basically. The, it's really he even refers to it as hell. He's like enjoy hell, and he's yeah. not talking about him dying. He's talking about his friends being dead. Yeah. So we get a really cool palette swap. Trish looks really good in the palette. They all look really good. In yeah, the palette but swap. Trish looks especially good. Trish looked like Mista, which is great. <laughs> And everyone looks good when they look like Nista. And then instead of that happening, Bruno beats Pesci. You know, like he does his uh, his zoom punch with his uh, with his with his hand. Like yeah, he, and he says "Arriva Derci." Yeah, he instead of "ora oring him, he's he saying says, ari, ari. Yeah, uh, as the first syllable of "Arriva Derci." Definitely not a thing I think an actual Italian person would do with the word arrivederci. But <laughs> that, um, look, Bruno's the only real Italian person we need. <laughs> I like that. So, but fin- so finally, some Italian representation yeah. of JoJo's. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Prosciutto's dead. Pesci's dead. But they had cell phones on them, and so this plot is cursed with modernity because they obviously like called ahead, and so the information about how they're traveling and where they're going to is probably known by the rest of yeah, the we, bad guys. And we do get the little bump at the end yep. where we see a bad guy. They do name it's him. Malone, Malone. It's Malone. Which is why it annoys me because obviously Prosciutto and Malone should have been a couple. Maybe they're exes. They might. Probably. Oh, they're probably And that's exes. why yeah. Pesci is paired with Prosciutto because Pesci's clearly like in training or something. Yeah. Because yeah. Prosciutto's always like, if you want to be in this gang, yeah. you got to be tough. And, yeah. so, and, you, and you can right. tell from the from the voice actor that um, that Malone's on the phone with Giacchio, right. uh, on the, who's the blue hair boy. Also, side note, Trish has like something going on right yeah, now. Yeah, Trish is suddenly like she's hey. able to. It's like when it's like when Koichi was like, "What are these things that yeah. I'm seeing?" But the way that it's framed, I I, I think this every time yeah. because she's kneeling right by one of the Grateful Dead's weird footprints, claw print things, and she's like. What's happening to me? What is this? And I'm like, did you make that? Um, yeah, I always, I literally, until today, I was like, wait, so is Trisha's stand in this scene supposed to be like Bigfoot? Like what? Because she does, she has a glow around her for like a second. Yeah. Like she gets Maybe so she weird. has a stand where she can make dinosaurs and then the, the footprints. A Rocky would never do something that ridiculous. That's true. Fair. But what it is, so, but what's implied <laughs> is that she's like, how come I can see all this weird stuff now? And so it's like, are the stands footprints and like changes that they make to the environment not visible to non-stand users? Right. I thought we had determined that they were. Right. Though maybe if we went back and actually listened to all of our podcast, we actually would have determined that they weren't. I don't remember. <laughs> I just think we determined that they were. No, I uh, thought they were because we talked about how funny it is that if you're not a stand user for like like uh, yeah. certain showdowns and stuff. It's like you just see like a sword floating yeah. in the air or whatever, you know? Like, yeah, and we talked about like the ice with the the with pet shop. Yeah, right? because yeah. we had a big like like can who can see the ice right. discourse, and well, I think we determined that people can see some of the ice. They can yeah. see the ice, yeah, um, right. Well, people could obviously see the aging happening. Yeah, like, right. Trish, Trish right. could notice the aging. Yeah, I mean, stands can affect people, but also. I don't understand why she's asking these questions now when she just spent like three episodes inside a turtle. <laughs> Maybe Did she, that not strike her as that weird? That is definitely yeah. the bigger Maybe she thought they question. were in a hotel called Turtle. <laughs> She would have noticed that she'd gotten sucked into a turtle. Maybe yeah. she maybe she sort of blacked out. No, yeah. Or maybe it's, it's like one of these trauma situations. Where right. It's just where you like just normal, like you normal, make normal, it... normal. Okay, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I think also Trish just doesn't talk that much That's until true. like shit starts going down. And I guess now it has started going down for yeah. her. Maybe she has just been processing the whole time. I mean, she did have her, her body heat theory. 
and Bruno figures out what she's talking about. He's like, ah, right. The boss's daughter is a stand user because she's the boss's daughter. And like, of course. Yeah. So right. yeah, so that's going to be kind of in the future. I'm very excited that we have Malone next. I love that dirt bag. <laughs> yeah, I like him as well. I like his it's design a, fun, a lot. It's a fun fight. Yeah, and I just he's so if you'll recall, this is the creep at the gang, at gay brunch at the at the gangs like the assassin gang gay brunch who is like staring at women's feet and licking his lips. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, and he ends like the episode ends on him collecting Bucalati's blood. So like I just everything about him is he's is marvelous. A little creepy. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I like him a lot. Maybe that's my thing with Naranches. He's just too nice. That yeah, he's not he's not a fucking creep. Like I like it when he's like threatening to stab everybody yeah. all the time. Yeah, angry Narancha is good. But like just like being like an affable good boy who like willingly joins the mob and like somehow is like killing people is fine, but I'm a nice person. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't square with me. Like everyone else. It's like, like Mista is always ready to put a bullet in you yeah. and like, great. Like he yeah. knows that he's like doing bad things. Whereas yeah. I don't know if Naranch's morality, I think he thinks he's a good person. I also think that part of it is that Narancha suffers from being surrounded by characters I really like a lot. Yeah. And so part of me is doing a very unfair zero sum. Like this entire like arc with Narancha could be shit about Mista. Yeah. And it's it not. It really could be. You know? And so like that's, that's like I could be watching Mista and Jorno kiss right now. Right. I could be watching Bruno and Abacchio kiss right now. Yeah. I could be watching any number of villain couples kiss right now. Yeah. yeah right. And, and so, so on. And so it's like, and I, I'm sure there's probably part of why like Fugo holds no interest for yeah. you. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so it's like, he's fine. I'm sure if like, if you put Narancha in part six, I would automatically like him better because there are some characters that fucking despise <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora Ora, Oregon. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us the kind of review that Bucciolati would leave for the momentum of a stopping train. 